Hunter Bell and Caroline Harper Knapp, and we are living the authentic life. And today we really embrace the authentic life because we have special guest Millie here <laughs> because being an authentic mom who also has a full-time career, mm -hmm. sometimes you just have to punt and bring the kids along. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> and thank you, Danae, for, for letting us. So Millie's taking a nap in the corner, and we'll see how this goes. If I, like, disappear stage right, stage left, you know why. We do know why. But the coolest thing is we are all wearing Hunter Bell's amazing line. Looks awesome. Uh, so and you're good. launching it tomorrow, your tomorrow fall morning. line. Yes. It's a busy, busy time for everyone in fashion, but we're thankful to be here and still in business. So um, we're excited about this collection just thrilled that we made it through such a rough patch during quarantine and um you know we're still we're still kicking it so that's good i feel like i say this every collection but i think it's one of my favorites it's so good <laughs> it's really you. good thank you i love these patterns i it love is. i love this collection so it's, we'll see we'll see how it sells i hope you know launch tomorrow will tell us um a lot well we um went through Marfa on our way to Colorado and Love. your photos on at hunterbellnyc.com uh -huh. your photos of the line really reminded me of that yeah that kind western of texas like out west. fresh yep. natural and we're all kind of trying to maneuver our way through mm -hmm. COVID. And mm -hmm. I think so many of us have been trapped in our house. Like even the thought of my mom and I were talking, just taking a drive now yeah. <laughs> is a treat for <laughs> us to just get out of the house. Mm. And um, every week, so we are here living the authentic life, as I said, and I have to give a huge shout out to Adam Andrus, mm -hmm. who always Yay, keeps Adam. us <laughs> uh, with the cameras working and helps us through the tough pinches. But uh, I have had the most amazing opportunity to talk to people about connection. And I feel like that's the most uh, painful part of COVID is how the way we connect with people have changed mm. so much. Mm -hmm. And then also commitment is that um, we were all committed to making it through this, but it was just this end date just kept changing mm -hmm. and it just kept looking different. Mm -hmm. And then in the process, we really have thought about purpose, which is the other thing that I wanna talk mm -hmm. to you guys about. And I think it shows um, all of us are career women, but our purpose is our family and giving mm -hmm. back to the community. And that's how I first really connected mm -hmm. with you guys officially in a collaboration because mm -hmm. we hosted the first Women Who Shape Houston Luncheon to talk with our friends about sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. And um, we definitely want to dive into that. But let's go back to fashion. I mean, both of you guys are complete fashion girls. Um, Caroline, you had um, years as a buyer with Neiman's and with Guild, and now your online business is not just fashion, but it's also interiors, which I think is so interesting, and travel and family and style. Um, tell us a little bit about your, how did you pick this career? Or did it pick you? <laughs> it's a strange career that even I feel like people still don't understand um, because it is new. Um, so I, after college, I went through Nima Marcus's executive development program. It's their kind of buyer training program. And I was there for four years and um, married my husband, Fred, who you both know. And he was applying to business schools while we were engaged. 
he ended up at Columbia in New York, which I was cheering for the whole time because as, you know, someone that works in fashion and I'd interned there in college and just fallen in love with it. So after we got married, we moved to New York and I got a job for from um, Guilt Group as a buyer there where I was also there for four years. Um, And it was such a I mean, they were both in fashion. I was in women's fine apparel, both departments um, at Neiman's and at Gilt. But it was such an interesting time because it was in 2009 when, of course, the huge, great, what do they call it, the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really perfect timing for Gilt Group. Of course, they didn't know that was coming. But all the designers right. had so much inventory that, you know, retailers couldn't sell it. So it was a really interesting time. And it was a very startup mentality. I mean, they became the largest startup out of New York, valued at a billion dollars when I was there. Wow. And it was just such a learning experience from that entrepreneur type path. But on the side, um, I started blogging because while we were at Guild Group, you know, bloggers were really starting mm-hmm. to be something. Again, this is 2010 by now. Um, and we were talking about them. We were looking at bloggers' pictures to kind of decide themes for ourselves. And um, so I decided to give it a shot and try it. It was kind of my weekend hobby for a while. And then in 2013, when I had Knox, my oldest son, um, I had grown it into something that was big enough to become my job. And it, it didn't make sense to – I knew I couldn't do all three. I knew I couldn't be a mom be a blogger on the weekends and have a, you know, 60 hour plus work week working in New York fashion. Um, so something had to give and it just made the most sense to um, focus on House of Harper and my family. And so since then, I've been doing it full time as a mom, a working mom and full time blogger. And it's just been really fun. And it, as you said, it's pivoted over the years. When I was in New York and working in fashion, it was strictly a personal style blog. And to, to the whole title of this podcast, Living the Authentic Life, as my life has pivoted. I moved back to Texas, you know, renovated a house, um, became a mom of three. I've just kind of shared everything, the ups and downs, the fashion, the home, entertaining. It's all just kind of where I am in life at that time and what's inspiring me. And mm, I think I it's that. interesting because there's so many mm-hmm. girls out there young women, women, even older women. I mean, I didn't become the vintage Contessa till I was 40 plus. I changed careers too. That think about, I want to be a blogger. I want to be a fashion designer. And you guys did it. And the thing that I find is that it evolved. You still did other things till you got to this place. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're a mm-hmm. Southern girl with New York yeah. uh, roots of your brand, mm. but you were in school doing this and working with other people too. Mm. And it didn't. You just didn't become a fashion designer. You just didn't become yeah. a blogger. I had a 22-year career before I became the vintage Contessa and started buying and selling. So it it isn't an automatic. You just become what you want. It evolves and it evolves mm-hmm. organically yeah. and authentically. So tell us about your journey. Well, my journey um, similar to Caroline's. Um, Fred is not in my journey. <laughs> but but Paul's pretty great, Paul. too. <laughs> Insert Paul. <laughs> I met Fred, too. <laughs> I'm now this is going to be a really yeah, interesting... I'm sorry. I got to stay on script. 
Um, no, I, 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 you know what? I grew up in a theater in a local, uh, a little local theater. My mom is very involved in the theater still to this day. I grew up in a small town in South Carolina. And my younger sister wanted to be on stage. My mom wanted to be on stage. And my older sister wanted to be on stage. And I just found myself immersed in the costume room underneath the theater. And I loved costumes. I loved fashion. I loved clothes. And growing up in a small town, I mean, I this is going to sound like poor parenting, but I told my mom, get me out of school. I want to go look for new clothes in a big city, of, <laughs> the big city of Columbia, South Carolina, <laughs> which is like, you know. Not that big. But um, I just loved fashion, and I knew, fortunately, I always knew I wanted to be a designer, but um, definitely hills and valleys. And I majored in design, moved to New York, was there for 12 years, met my husband there, um, worked as an assistant designer for two different companies, and just was disgruntled with the design process and Mm -hmm. um, decided, you know, it really was an internship with Rebecca Taylor that I knew sort of pushing back tears that this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, But never landed the job designing a product that I really believed in. And so Mm -hmm. my family is entrepreneurial and we just say, whatever you want to do, do it. And everybody in my family said, why don't you, why are you working for somebody else? Why don't you start your own line? But, and I did, I started in 2006 in New York and out of my apartment and but at the same time I worked in finance as an assistant to some very disgruntled uh, um, hedge fund managers that were seeing the recession happen and um, you know they were losing money and they were very very stressed and I had no idea what I what the the hedge fund even did you know I was just sort of there to make a paycheck and assist them any way I could but at night I was designing And um, just to make ends meet, you know, I worked at two different hedge funds as assistant, as an assistant for about two and a half years, and then was able, uh, fortunately, to raise capital to go out on my own. And um, but ironically enough, when I was an assistant to a hedge fund manager, my line was sold at Saks. I wasn't even full time with my business. And so I think some investors saw some some strength in me. saying, well, this is this could be a great investment considering Hunter's not even, you know, at her day job designing. She's at a, you know, a hedge fund. But anyway, I just, you know, I've been growing it since 2006. A lot has changed. I moved here with my husband to start a family in 2009 when my daughter was born. Tried to do the back and forth between Houston and New York for about a year. And then kind of threw my hands up in the air too and said I don't want to do this anymore I want to be a stay-at-home mom and then two months later I said I don't actually want to be a stay-at-home mom I want to you know I love but ultimately you know you ask a question earlier that wasn't shared with this team Um, when my daughter Harrison was born I think that's when I became a smarter designer and that's when I became a better entrepreneur a better businesswoman because it became a sacrifice a big sacrifice to be away from them and so every day you know, it's very challenging to walk out the door, drop them off at school, and maybe not see them until pickup time. Um, but I love what I do. I'm super passionate about it. I'm super thankful to to no longer be in New York because New York gave me some great, um, great moments and high moments. But I think Houston has been the ultimate, and it's been so much more fun building this business here with this community who just gives and gives and gives. I mean, I remember Carol, Caroline and I knew each other in New York, and Caroline said, you're moving to Houston, I'm moving to Houston. And we ended up living down the street from one another. 
I don't know if you shared this with me or it was just something that I just learned over time, but this town, you know, from the moment my husband and I moved here in 2000, and I'm sorry, did I say 2009? We moved I here was in 2015. Correct you, but thank I, was, you. I didn't want to interrupt you. Uh, <laughs> like Harrison you. and Knox are oh, yes, 2015. <laughs> exactly. 20, yes, 2015 was when my daughter was born. She's five today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, happy she's five birthday! Today. Today. Happy birthday, Harrison! But um, but this, th- thank you. This this like city has been just amazing. They just give and give and give. Everyone wants to help you succeed. And in fact, today I was talking to Rosalind Bazell, one of our other podcast guests, and she said she wore your line in a photograph that she's going to oh, be really? presented in a magazine. Oh, and she's wow. one of our best dressed Houstonians. And I think it's interesting because we do think about that and we think about giving back to our community and we made it through Harvey and we can make it through COVID. Mm. But let's talk about COVID pivots because yeah. that has been as significant as or yeah. even maybe more than the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, so tell us Definitely. about how you guys have pivoted your businesses mm. and your families. I think mine will be more of a family answer just because Millie was born March 18th, which is the week after school shut down and really, you know, everything kind of. Yeah. It was. The world shut down. Yes, the world shut down and like so March much 16th. was unknown at the time. I, I remember going into my, like, checkup. I was. 38 weeks pregnant mm-hmm. and I just started crying because like you don't know we didn't know anything you know we didn't know what would happen if a baby got it if a pregnant woman got it yeah and um my doctor was amazing I ended up having the baby Millie the next day um and of course they shut the hospitals down so no visitors could come it took me a minute to wrap my head around you know the boys not being able to come meet their sister but it actually ended up being really nice because it was just Fred and I there. It was quiet. There was no interruptions, you know. Um, but the my maternity leave has aligned with COVID. Yeah, that's right. So you know what? I just, I've never done this before. Being a blogger, it's hard because your life is kind of mm-hmm. your, your content and your business and your income. But for the first time, I've just been, I've taken the time off. Nothing's going on anyway. Right. Like, honestly, every partnership paid... As a blogger, you get paid through sponsorships and partnerships. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of COVID, every single one got put on hold. I mean, every time I checked my email, it was, we'd still love to work with you, but due mm-hmm. to, you know, cir- obvious circumstances, we're going to need to postpone this partnership. Um, so I had no work that needed to be done. And so I really just embraced it. It was almost time. a blessing. Yeah, I just yeah. embraced like it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. It was an excuse Millie, totally. and a reason. And I mean, when you're scared and something like this is happening, all you want to do is just, just grab your family and curl up and yeah. be at home. And yeah. so that's what I did. Um, I've been blogging for nine years and it's the first time I've ever, you know, gone that long without posting or blogging and worrying about it. And so in, in a way it was kind of a blessing. Um, but I'll let, Hunter talk about yes. it from more of a business Whereas perspective. You didn't have the luxury of stopping. <laughs> the calendar well, was coming. It was ca- the calendar was coming, but I I do look back. I was supposed to uh, so in March, obviously all hell was breaking loose and you know, it became a very uh like sort of forward-thinking logistical nightmare in a sense because uh retailers were closing and mm-hmm. we were trying to get our our new we're launching today or tomorrow we're launching a huge fall collection. At that time we were launching spring and it was fresh product and a lot of stores were saying do not ship me any product we're closed until further notice and so we had to get really gritty and say well we're sitting on this inventory so I'm gonna 
try and sell it from my bathroom, you know, by talking to my clients and mm-hmm. talking to my customers and my followers about this is how you wear it. And I was in bathroom slippers because that's what I was wearing. I wasn't going into the office. It said, OK, I just had a cup of coffee. This is how you wear Hunter Bell in your house because yeah. you have nowhere to go. Um, so real. Yeah. And it got us thinking about house dressing and what does house dressing yes. look like? And I was supposed to launch a holiday collection and debut it to stores in May, which did not happen until August. And for a long time, everyone in the office said, holiday is such an important part. And it is. This this town is so festive Mm -hmm. during the holiday season. And from September, since living in Houston, I know that since from September to December, I mean, it is just parties, events, let's go here, let's go there. It's a very social city. So holiday's been really important for my business since moving here. But I just said, I'm not inspired right now to think that way. I don't know where the world will be. So in May, I just kept putting it off and saying, I I don't know where I'll be. I don't know where we'll be. And I don't know what I want to wear. I don't have anywhere to go. And so I waited and I postponed designing holiday until very late in the summer. I started designing it the beginning of August and we debuted it around uh, Labor Day or anyway, I'm just not going to don't don't fact check me. (laughs) We're just going to say there was a moment and we did it and we did it. And it's it's black and white and ivory. It's very simple. It's very buy now, wear now, and also transitional. And I think that says that's how we have to pivot. We have to be all in on e-commerce. E-commerce is more important than mm-hmm. ever. So we've seen growth there. Um, and then we've also had to really think and strategize on um, product that is well-made, product that has longevity, uh, try not to be too fashion forward. Try to be very transitional because we still don't don't know where people will be in a couple months. And I don't know that we're designing spring right now, and I I can't say that we're going to see a ton of weddings. So what is that? What landscape does that look like when I'm deciding what type of spring dresses to uh, design? And I think, it, but to to Caroline's point in fashion, we all slowed down too. And I think. Fashion designers or a lot of a lot of fashion designers have wanted to see the the slower pace of the industry because that allows creators to be creative. That allows people to come back and find and seek inspiration, not be forced to finish a collection and move into another one. I mean, you've got to travel. You've got to be able to seek inspiration from uh, being able to have R and R with your friends and your family. Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna get burnt out, and um, it has been it has been a quiet summer, but we're we're back in, and it's it's a little busier now. Um, but I, I'm thankful for that that spring break mm-hmm. moment that we had with our kids to be with them and to lean on them, and then the whole summer to to really lean on them and not have such a fast moving um, time. And I love the way you represent it. On both of your um, posts, the way that it comes through is, again, real, authentic. When you're showing your family time, when you're showing people on the beach, I feel like people are, it, because you could work remotely, people, we were in quarantine in Rockport, and I didn't bring a lot of clothes, but I love to dress even when it's just for me. It's mm, not even yeah. about it the picture. It makes you feel better. Yeah. It does, and I... I, I heard that from so many women that say I just miss dressing Mm -hmm. and I'd say well then throw on a house dress like you say and to see these like flowy things that you can actually go to Target and run through carpool but be comfortable in I think that that's um, so true and I think it 
comes out in what you're doing. So much of um, the family connection is there. And tell us about like the impact of the fact that your parents told you you could do this. I've been doing mm. a lot of research mm. into this, like how people become successful. And such a big part of it is the story you tell yourself. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that your parents said you can do this. Mm -hmm. And how blessed you were to have that kind of support system yeah. to know and to visualize it. And the fact that you had, and I love your mom. I feel oh, like I I've met your all your family. Too. And she's so cute on her social media. Let's just give a shout out to your mom's social she's media. So mom loves Danae. She was always going to go see Danae when she's in town. But let's talk about the impact that family has had on your careers and like what you design and, and you mm. launched a children's line and, and you're showing so much about kids and pregnancy and all that. Um, yeah, my parents are just, have always been hard workers and we live, I grew up across the street from my dad's parents as well. My grandfather was a veterinarian, the town veterinarian in a small town in Texas, um, you know, worked so hard and my dad and my grandfather had a ranch where they have cattle and my my dad is a pilot for American Airlines, so he would very much be like gone for three days and then home for five days or whatever growing up. But he was never not working. Like if he wasn't flying, he was he had a side project, you know, rental houses or cattle business or ranches or whatever it was. Um, so I think they always just instilled that work ethic in us. We worked from a young age. I would go to my grandfather's veterinarian clinic and like help at the front desk. I would, I had a first job at I think like 14 or 15. Um, and then my mom was a stay at home mom until I was in high school and she started um, selling real estate. And now she's, you know, one of the, or is the biggest real estate agent in wow. our area. And oh, so wow. it's just been amazing to see, you mm -hmm. know, how successful, like you were saying earlier today, there's no age where you have to be, you know, mm -hmm. what you're going to be I love that. later in life. And so that was really cool to see that um, she was able to focus on mm -hmm. raising us. And then now she's having her moment where she's exactly a fulfilling, successful career. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just think they always instilled worth ethic, work ethic mm -hmm. in us. Um, and, and it's just been, and they've always supported us as well. I think traveling so much with my dad being a pilot mm -hmm. was huge for, I have two other siblings, all three of us. Um, because even though we're from a very small town, we saw the world growing up, mm -hmm. you know, we, we could travel anywhere. Um, and it made me know that I could and had the desire to go somewhere else. You know, I think a lot of people from small towns don't yes. get out, but seeing that, um, it was no mm -hmm. big deal to go intern in New York in college or, mm -hmm. you know, to meet my sister in LA for our 21st birthday or like whatever it is. Um, it just kind of put that fire under me to mm -hmm. see more and want to do more. Um, and if I didn't have that, I don't know that I ever would have, you know, just picked up and moved to New York. And when we, Fred and I got married um, in October, and he had been accepted into Columbia, so we knew that we were going to be moving that spring. And I was working again in retail during the Great Recession, so I was like, I've got to start applying for jobs now. There probably, you know, aren't going to be a lot of jobs for me in New York. And I ended up um, getting the Guild Group job in May, but at his company, he couldn't leave until July. And so I got on a plane by myself, moved, picked out our apartment, moved to New York City, like did it all wow. alone. And um, I totally give 
props to my parents for the way they raised us to be able to do that. So yeah. many of my friends are like, you're crazy. I could never oh, my dad just been like, like, get on a one-way ticket. York City. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, one-way ticket to New York without your husband and just like, uh, yeah. you know, waiting on your furniture to my arrive, friend. like sleeping on an air mattress. I mean, I just, I just did it. And yeah. I want my kids to have that, mm-hmm. you know. Grit. You grit said the word. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grit. I like, love that. Just go for it. You know? So yeah. tell us about you. Southern girl, New York, too. And I'm the middle child. I don't know if it's because I have two sisters, older sister and a younger sister. And I was just, you know, my older sister, you know, had my parents' attention a lot. And my younger sister did, too. And I just was always naturally independent, I think, because of that. Um, but also, like Caroline, my mother taught dance. Um, she always wanted to own her own dance studio, but I, she was my dance teacher. She taught everyone in town, pretty much tap and, and jazz, no, no ballet. Um, my father was an entrepreneur. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. My father was working for my grandfather's business. And my dad was pretty strict. He, you know, would, he didn't like seeing C's and I mean, no parent would, but he, you know, he was also always asking my older sister and I, when are you? What, what is your job for the summer? And, you know, he'd make us show us what job we have lined up. And that was a young age. And, um, I'll, you know, he was just, he was very particular. When I told him I wanted to move to New York after college, he said, I will support you for three months. But by this date, you will come home and you will be back in South Carolina living with us if, if you can't make this happen. And so it wasn't. It's so empowering. Yeah, what? Because, and also. It shows you can do this, but if not, you, yeah, this, this is, is the path. This is the path. And. I mean, I took it, you know, I took his word for it. And I was like, okay, that means I'm coming home in three months. And maybe he would have given me, you know, four right. months. But, I mean, I ended up landing a job within those three months. And I, I think um, I don't want to be, I, you know, I don't want to shelter my kids. And my mom was accepted to Juilliard. Her parents would never allow her to go. And oh, so she was wow. really the one to say, go to New York, go and do, do it. it. You mm-hmm. can do anything you I want. Chills. So... I think there was a lot of that. Um, my mom was okay persons. with C's, but my dad was, <laughs> you know, it's a little yin and yang. You know, my yes. mom's more creative. My dad was more business oriented. and um, But I, I took from both. And mm-hmm. um, my dad doesn't say a lot. And when he does, I listen. So mm-hmm. if he has something to say, then it's pretty important and meaningful. And, you know, and my mom's my fighter. So she says, you know, I've got your back. You can do anything you want. And um, I just... I don't know. I, I, I think I'm a little um, I'm a little bold in, in um, risk that I take in life, and I like to be bold with fashion. And we say we use that word a lot in our company and on my website. And you know, taking risks is fun, and being an entrepreneur is fun. And I saw, um, yeah. But I've learned a lot. My dad also said I'll never pay for business school because you're going to learn the most out of just starting your own business. You're going to fall and you're going to get back up and there are going to be hills to climb but I didn't go to business school but I've, I've learned so much I mean I think if I had gone to business school a maybe I wouldn't have started the company because I would have been hesitant of of mm-hmm. that knowledge maybe uh, B I would have saved myself a lot of money and a lot of tears if I had gone to business school though because I've made a lot of dumb mistakes mm-hmm. um, but I think but we learned th- from the sure. mistakes yeah. more and yeah. I'm reading a book um called untamed about raising a teenager Mm -hmm. and so much of that journey is letting them fail and i think Mm -hmm. it's true for little kids too i mean you have to you have to give them a safe space just to fail but there's so many um 
Brene Brown, she said, if you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. Mm, you're not yeah. taking enough risk. And to I be, love that. And to be a, um, a fashion designer in this economy, I've read so many articles about that, and to survive, mm. to have the, the taste and style to create something people want, but to also manage a business from a financial standpoint, mm -hmm. sometimes you spend even more time on the business aspect yeah, than you even spend yeah. designing it. Absolutely. But one place you guys both spend a lot of time is um, giving back to the community. And mm. as, a, as Houstonians, we are all about community. There's hardly a fashion event in Houston that doesn't happen with yeah. Uh, a charity attached right. to it. Yeah. And that's been something I've also missed so much during COVID. We connected over sex trafficking. Your entire platform mm. on your um, website mm -hmm. talks about that. So let's talk about where you guys are giving back. And I worked with you with um, Pediatric Cancer for Kids, mm. with um, um, Heroes yeah. for Children and giving back. So sh let's share about, why don't you go first yeah. and share about your heart and where you give. Sure, um, yeah, so I feel like Sorry. moving to Houston, it's so overwhelming because there's so many amazing charities and philanthropies mm -hmm. that you can be involved with. So um, our first few years here, it's just been kind of filling things out. As you said, we met um, Heroes for Children, which is a pediatric cancer organization that um, I've chaired and been really involved in. And of course, how can your heart not out to those families and those children um, and then sadly Houston is the number one city for sex trafficking in mm -hmm. our country which I still don't understand why people aren't like standing on the rooftops like screaming yeah. about it I don't why think we don't it, hear about it I enough. don't think it gets yeah. enough attention um, so that's a place that I would love to continue to put more of my time and energy um, I feel like life is kind of you know, it's in chapters, and right now I've been drowning in the You're, newborn chapter. Yes. <laughs> but that's something that um, I, I, where my heart is. I just don't understand why it doesn't get more attention. And um, and I actually have been seeing a lot more on social media lately, obviously not just about Houston, but just about sex trafficking in general. Good. I don't know. Did y'all see the Netflix story? Apparently something came out about called Cuties, which is... I didn't see that, but I saw Filthy Rich with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. And yes. then Mayor Turner yeah. just came out with the whole task force um, this week. He announced that. And then last week on our podcast, we had Jonna Stallings, who's uh, the assistant DA, and she's over sexual crimes and sex trafficking and sees um, all the cases there in Amy Pierce with Houston 20. So we are. And then even the national government gave, I think, oh, yeah. 34 and what just happened something. in Georgia where they like yeah. yeah so yeah. there there yeah. is progress there yeah. are steps forward but um from a podcast aspect I'm going to be bringing people on once a month once every other month to try to give people outlets because I feel like we want to make a change but we don't know where to make mm -hmm. a change but mm -hmm. I noticed on your mm -hmm. website you gave five or six different charities mm -hmm. and there's different ways that yeah. you can get involved yeah and Absolutely. you just by bringing awareness yeah just maybe by, yeah, that's right share just some by, of that just by bringing awareness um when my daughter was born I had never dedicated time to a charity since starting the company from 2006 to 2015 that that just wasn't I didn't feel convicted by anything and then moving to Houston with the birth of my daughter hearing about how it was rampant here mm -hmm. um my ears just perked up and and I, 
I think that's the beauty of becoming a mother mm -hmm. is the I remember giving birth to my daughter during New York Fashion Week and it, New York Fashion Week was everything for me. And then when I gave birth to my daughter that week, just this huge light bulb went off. I said, <laughs> I don't care about Fashion Week. You know, this is the birth of my daughter. This is a miracle and this is my calling for life. And um, you know, being being a working mother and but just giving my undivided attention to them when I'm home is is you know the balance that we're forced with today. But when she was born, I just I looked at her little face and said, I don't ever want my I want to protect my daughter. And what does this look like? And sex trafficking is is so big. It's so massive. The problem uh, I think that we have when we want to give back is it seems. Insurmountable. Insurmount insurmountable, where we, we where, where, do we start? where do we start? And yeah. it still feels that way. So the little that I've done doesn't even feel as if I've done enough. I mean, I wish I could I wish I could talk about it with friends and family members every day. A lot of people don't want to hear about it. Mm -hmm. And you know, I also have to exude joy and radiate joy to the people that are around me to also build them up and yeah. keep especially my staff members happy and healthy and working hard and you know, but cuz this is a it's a tough it's, it's a, a tough conversation. conversation. Yeah. Um, but I it's do, emotional I, and it's vulnerable. Yeah, I do wish all of the issues that are going on in the world. I wish every day combined a, a conversation or a topic on the news about sex trafficking because it's so big it's mm -hmm. such a problem and I don't I don't feel as if we hear enough about it on the news and I think that's where people are getting their their source so or their you know well I can definitely tell people you can go to fightforus.org we work with 34 501c3s that are in some capacity and we're updating our website so people can find the best way if it's to help with survivors and donate clothes mm. to them or if it's to help with awareness in schools or if it's to educate um, young boys about pornography and how that yeah. changes Huge. we're trying to find different ways so that's a good way to reach out to a lot of different people well um oddly this quote came from coco chanel Hard times arouse an instinctive desire for authenticity. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially so right true. now. And I think so. And I think you yeah. hit on it is um, Rob and I had this conversation because I said, I feel like I should be um, a better Christian that I can find joy because I know I'm blessed. But it's just so hard mm -hmm. every day to wake up mm -hmm. and find joy. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, you should be happier. I'm like, hey, you're supposed to be consoling me I think there's a lot that. of guilt right but now because it, even... Yeah. It's hard no matter what your circumstances are, um, and you're scared and you're nervous and you are worried for your family and just everyone, and then you feel guilty for feeling that way because there's so many people worse. that have it worse. So yeah. I think that's... But I think it also helps people to know that collectively we seem to have it together and have successful businesses and families, and it's... It's hard. It's hard for everyone, and it's okay for us to all acknowledge mm -hmm. that it's hard and that we can get through this yeah. and to turn to something, your faith, meditation, mm -hmm. yoga. There's so many different things, and I'm just encouraging people because the as much as the disease has hurt, I feel like it's help, it's created anxiety, oh, abuse yeah. in homes, domestic abuse mm -hmm. has been on the increase, child abuse. But well, and kids have been not being able to go to school and get their and meals eat, yeah. or get away from, you know, when you have working parents, think about how many kids are probably at home by themselves, mm -hmm. you know, while their kids are going to work or, or while their parents are going mm -hmm. to work. It's just, it's a lot. It's very sad. Mm -hmm. 
Well, so um, you, how are the boys? Let's talk a little bit about school. How is school going? Uh, Danae and I's kids are at the same school, but they're in different <laughs> grades. So you're, we're doing different things, right? Middle schools. Doing we are good. middle school, River Oaks Baptist. So we're, she's one week there, one week home. But you're there one every day. One day home, one day at school right now. Wow. We don't go <laughs> every day until the 28th. So we're doing homeschool one day and then in-person school one day, then homeschool day, which it's actually been very doable. I I really commend the school the way they've done it. So the teachers are teaching in person. They're mm-hmm. learning lessons with their teacher, and then they're sending homework home. That's been um, very manageable, and the kids should have gotten instruction on it from the teacher the day before. That's so great. it's not so much pressure on the parents to be, you know, teaching something new and Mm. my favorite thing that they're not doing is making the kids sit on zoom from eight to three every day because a six-year-old boy cannot i don't even want to cannot do that that. i can't do that who has that attention no one i would love to have that and so (laughs) i know the way they've done it has been where we can be interactive at home and we're usually able to finish by lunch and so it's that's that's our morning millie's taking her nap you know we're tackling homeschool andrew my pre-k middle child is in school in person every day so at least I'm able to focus on Knox on his homeschool day so it's it's doable yeah we're just thank God counting down to the 28th yes and then our kids are my younger kids are together so we all have this overlap my three are at St. Martin's all day long on Friday and with teachers they're being very uh, cautious and I think they're staying in their little pods (laughs) and and Millie's ready Hi, to go to school Ms. too. Millie. She's ready to make yes. her cameo. Beautiful. <laughs> Get her up so yeah, she can make absolutely. a cameo. We have to see her. Oh, she's so pretty. She's beautiful. Well, let's end on a positive note. Okay. Uh, tell us something fabulous about fashion. I was feeling guilty mm. for a while. On my side, on my feed, I was like, "Can I talk about fashion when people are going through all this?" Yes. And I found you still that still have to wear clothes. People <laughs> want a creative outlet. This is oh, gorgeous girl! She Look says, at I'm in you, pumpkin! <laughs> I love it. That's like all those Zoom people. The bottom half are pajamas. She's, yeah, <laughs> she's in her house clothes, Hunter. But I Hunter love it. totally spoiled her. Hunter delivered all the Harrison Bell <laughs> samples to Millie. So she's Miss gonna be Millie, the best dressed baby there ever was, aren't you? So Harrison will just keep passing her clothes That's down. Right. I love it. So if they were gonna, if people were gonna buy a few items for fall, what would you suggest? What do you feel most inspired by? Oh, um, well, I think it's just about being comfortable because people, mm-hmm. you know, there it is true. People, you know, they're going to the grocery store. Maybe they're not. Maybe maybe they're still scared to go out there. So I love the sweatshirt, the Teddy sweatshirt. It's comfortable. It It's lightweight. It's cooler in here. You know, maybe it's a little heavy for outside, but as you transition into the fall, it's perfect, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just so comfortable and easy. Um, but, I mean... God, there's so much we're launching tomorrow. Um, like great tops. tops. Like, Everybody's doing Zoom calls now. Yes, so mm-hmm. the tops are our, awesome. Our tops are really important. Um, but our dresses are too because, you know, we nailed on it. Like, it, you still want to get dressed up. You still want to have something really special to pull out. And people are going to go to dinner. They'll, yeah. they'll, you know, be careful. People Every- are having smaller gatherings, a lot of outdoor. Yeah, but, dinner parties in yeah. their home with another couple. A couple but you still, you know want to look nice even though less people might see it that's right i mean i'm just inspired by creating an authentic product i'm i'm 
you know, everybody, is, you're under the microscope. Every business, every individual is mm -hmm. under the microscope now, more than ever. So, um, you know, we just, we have to be very authentic. And, and not that we haven't been, but we just have to, you know, push the envelope a little bit, challenge ourselves, because we were one of, one of those brands that is still standing. A lot of them went out of business. And so, um, which congratulations to that, because I mean, bravo, bravo it to is, you. I mean, I, you see all these huge, you know, massive, you know, the J. Cruz of the world, the Nemo Marcus of the world. Brooks that are, Brothers. Yeah, yeah. That are struggling. Brooks Brothers. That mm -hmm. really hit me for some yeah. reason. It's so extreme. Well, and Lord I, and Taylor. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like your pieces are so timeless. And I think that's, that's certainly the basis of our business is mm -hmm. that if you buy our pieces and I was so excited that Paul I gifted love my you. Yeah. Yes. And sweet Fred and your push present yeah, and yes no, yeah. it's all about the Cartier love, collection. love. <laughs> collection. And all about the love all about the love and so Caroline I looked on your site you have a few suggestions for pieces for fall is there something Ooh. that I mean I realized I didn't even get a new handbag this year I borrowed this one from the store so I'm kind of lucky that I get I love a good handbag but I think that is there jewelry think, is there um I think clothing? the details is what I'm loving like right now like your Teddy sweatshirt. It's just the a sweatshirt. Shoulders. But the shoulder details. Yes. And, you know, just making something little. I love all the fun collars mm -hmm. right now. I love the fun collars. The um, pilgrim collars. Yes. Yeah. I just, I think, one, what you're saying, if you are in a job that your people are only seeing you from the mm -hmm. waist up on a Zoom call, that it's great to have that little touch. Mm -hmm. um, and then my life is just dropping my kids off at carpool, but I have to get out now because we do temperature checks. And, oh you know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you can't it's wear like, your I can't just be in my right. pajamas and then everyone in the carpool wanted, line and all the teachers sees me. So, you know, anything that's today. easy <laughs> um, to just throw on but feel good, I think is what what people are looking for right now. Or well, the comfortable house dress that you just, you know, it feels like. I think we will see, you know, when Caroline touched on guilt group, we're going to see people not want to pay the Hunter Bell prices. And I understand that. And I want to be sensitive to that. So we're internally working on trying to be very, very mindful. I like expensive fabrics. So that drives our price point up a bit. I like still making a quality product in New York City. And some is made here in Houston. That also drives the price up. But I think we have internally for us, we I'm talking to my team a lot about how can we introduce some great basic tops for 195 that mm -hmm. you're going to wear over and that are still quality, but just, you know, it doesn't have to be European fabrics. So we're trying to work on that because I think we'll see guilt come back. I think we'll see rent the runways come mm -hmm. back. I think we'll see, you know, a lot of people going into recession, which I think we are going into recession. Maybe we're not, but, you know, I have to be careful on making sure that we're you know being able but to know, offer as a buyer from the last recession it was really interesting to see what people kept spending money on because i you know my i bought luxury items all the big mm -hmm. brands for neiman's and people and I, maybe it'll be different this time around but people stopped buying the the logos and the flashy because if they did have the money to afford it they didn't want to show that they were mm -hmm. you know it was kind of like Kind of maybe oh, what we were saying earlier about guilt or just not feeling comfortable. Yes. But all the um, timeless, you know, pieces that you wouldn't maybe say, oh, that was that was this Gucci season. runway. Yes. Yeah. You know, but it if more it was the classic, styles. yes, it was the Ralph Lauren and the Armani and all the stuff that kept kept selling and it, you know, did well. Where some of the flashier um, pieces 
And I, th- I think we thought at the time it was because people didn't want to be showy. I like you know? that. I think that makes a lot um, of sense. So that's interesting if that continues. The timeless things like the Cartier love bracelet oh. and that, you know. Well, it's the less int- flashy. Cartier tech stuff. watch. Yes, a good watch. <laughs> you know, the timeless pieces that you're going to have forever that yeah. are an investment and just feel safer to yeah. spend your money on. Yes. Well, you guys have been the best guests, but I have to admit, Millie stole the show, <laughs> even though she just made a cameo. Oh, uh, nothing better. She I, was the best guest for napping. Through my she was part. so <laughs> darling. Um, well, people can follow you guys at the House of Harper. Yes. Yeah. Hunter Bell. Mm-hmm. And check out your new line. Yeah, it is please. absolutely yeah. stunning. And I also bought that beautiful white lace. I love that. Um, blouse with the great sleeves. I'm really focused on the sleeves now. And I noticed when I post, people make comments about the everything sleeves. with the sleeves. Yes. I love a sleeve. So people are it's really so flattering. It too. is. So um, I highly recommend if you're just buying a few pieces. And that's where I am right now. Yeah. I'm just buying a few pieces. Yeah. And so I thought your pieces were something I had to have. Thank you. Thank yes. You. All right, you guys. Can't wait to reconnect in a couple of years from here and see where we <laughs> are know. again. Um, sending love. And you guys can uh, follow us at the Vintage Contessa. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so Thank much for you. having us. This was so fun. It was, it was awesome. our first fall. Fo- first podcast experience for both yes, of us. You made it very right. easy. It was awesome. And easy for letting easy. Millie come. That's, yeah. You're the best. Mm-hmm.